Well played. Hello and welcome to Well Played. I'm Nick and I'll be your host this week. From all around Australia, I'm joined by Harrow. Howdy. Crystal. Hey. And Bluton. Hey. On this week's show, we'll be talking about Five Tribes. But first, let's catch up with our hosts and see what they've been up to. How's your week been, Harrow? Uh, fantastic. I just recently came back from my holiday in Japan and had an awesome time. Saw lots of different places, did lots of fun things. I'm going to give a shout-out to Akiva Cart in Akihabara, where I basically, for like 30 bucks, I got to dress up like Mario and drive a go-kart around the streets of Tokyo and wave at my adoring fans while everyone took my photo. It was amazing. Nice. Did they give you a faux mustache? They gave me a fake mustache. Oh, perfect. Because you've got, like, the perfect Mario physique. Thanks. That <laughs> means a lot. Thanks, dude. <laughs> it's a compliment, I guess. <laughs> it's, that's not a compliment. <laughs> I, I think you'd be good at the uh, high jump, Harrow. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? Have been up to anything exciting? Uh, life suddenly got much busier now that Derby's back. Um, but I have been playing a lot of uh, Heroes of the Storm. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. I need to friend you. We need to play some games together so I can get my free mount. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. There's a, a WoW mount that you can get by playing 15 games with friends. I, I have no friends who play Heroes of the Storm except Crystal. <laughs> Um, like, we tried it, like, uh, a couple of days after it was released, and I, we haven't touched it, like, at all. And yeah. then we were just like, hey, do you want to try Heroes of the Storm again? And I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? So we've been playing that for the last two weeks pretty solidly. Cool. It's, um, I was actually in the beta for it, and I'm like, yes, it's the first time I've been in, a like, a proper Blizzard beta. And yeah. just didn't really enjoy it i'm like i i just okay. don't like the the whole dota style of thing style of game like okay uh, yeah i don't know well, we we tried league of legends and it was it was all right it was a bit some of the the forced team play was a bit uh not great for us because we weren't used to that style of play mm-hmm. but um with heroes you can play against bots a lot is more easily uh and it doesn't like there's some varying degrees of difficulty, so cool. A bad found, system to get started on. I found League of Legends being uh, a particularly toxic um, social environment. Is the same I've, thing true for um, Heroes of the Storm? Uh, not as much, but because I've been playing with someone who's sharing my geographic space, it makes the experience of the game very different because we focus. On what, on what we're talking about in the room and kind of ignore everyone else to some extent to the detriment or success of the team <laughs> so yeah I, I'm, I'm actually having some similar experiences in Overwatch as well because Overwatch is basically first person defense of the ancients sort of um, in that you know you're forced cooperatively playing together and it's a first person shooter instead of top down but the, uh, oh, so it's a it's a multiplayer game in that regard. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> what a what a novel mechanic. <laughs> um, and they yeah, like some of the players that I, I've been dropped into games with have just been you know terrible, just just terrible terrible human beings, and. I'm not going to defend myself too much here because as soon as I get tilted, I tend to become a terrible human being. But I do find that while I'm actually talking to my team in a social manner, it's less bad. And I find it less... Like, it's still aggravating when you, you know, lose something that you should have won. But, um, yeah, it's, it it does take an, uh, an element out of it, which is the whole an- anonymity that, uh, you know, the internet is famed for. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Blue Tongue? Been up to anything interesting? Um, I've been looking at Ferrana still. Um, I'm a little fra- afraid to like actually pick up a copy. Like, I'm, I like, I'd like it. I think I like it. I don't know if I like it. I feel very conflicted. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I. Uh, I don't know. I'm still very torn about as to whether to get it or not. Uh, it looks awesome, but at the same time, I feel like the skill cap on the game is significantly higher than what I have time to actually invest in. And so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know whether to actually sit down and invest serious time in it. Um, yeah, have you guys seen this at all, like in beta or people playing it or anything? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it, it's like a it's a third person sword fighting game with like samurai and vikings and knights and yes I know that's ridiculous historically but they 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 have like a little fancy world where they're all just fighting each other continuously so yeah that's I think that's the only theoretical way you could make the story make sense in any way shape or form but uh, yeah a pirate expansion because I'd be cool with that. <laughs> Shortly followed by the Ninja expansion. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so I've been doing that, some uh, rated games of Overwatch, and um, I've been watching a series of unfortunate events, the uh, Netflix series. Have you guys seen oh, yeah. that? No. Okay. No, I've definitely seen it on the lineup and skipped over it to watch okay. things that I thought would be better. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Neil Patrick Harris does a pretty good job, and the actual series itself has that really strong, uh, it's like a thematic storytelling kind of vibe, uh, the same kind of thing you get out of watching, uh, Nanny McPhee or something like that. Have you guys seen that? Okay. Uh, vague, I vaguely remember it. Yeah, uh, like almost a little bit like Harry Potter kind of thing. That sort of, uh, or almost British. like a third. Sorry, British. British. I, I guess it's got like a little bit of a British thing happening, but you know, all the actors are American. Um, but it's it's funny because there are certain scenes in it where they explain really, uh, in like unknown, commonly unknown like things, like you know, dramatic irony and the difference between literally and figuratively and stuff like that it's it's very entertaining on those points where it sort of sits down and takes time to explain things in depth so yeah it's an interesting series at least how about you box how's your week been yeah pretty good went camping over the weekend uh it was all right 
there was a bit of rain, but we had, you know, um, shelter up and none of the tents leaked. So, yeah, it was pretty good overall. Awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it gets bad when the water starts coming up from underneath and, you know, you get a little bit flooded at your campsite at uh, not so fun. <laughs> yeah. No, that, there was no risk of that happening. <clears throat> awesome. It was um, pretty... Uh, yeah, there wasn't that much rain, and we're on a yeah, sandy soil, so that was all good. Cool. Cool. Anyway, uh, Five Tribes. So Five Tribes is a midweight, and there's a lot of argument about whether it's lightweight to midweight or midweight to heavyweight euro, because the mechanics can be pretty dinky, but not too hard to explain in the end. But it looks very intimidating, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a midweight-ish euro um, with a sort of... Arab theme, um, and you've got five... Sorry? It's Persian-themed. Persian's not Arab, Sarah. Just being more specific, you want to say African-themed, and you could be more specific than that as well. I think I could be. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Harrow will introduce this week's topic. (laughs) (laughs) Um... You, you won't like it if I do it. Um, yes. Five Tribes is a player pickup game, which and it's not as good as Istanbul, and it looks like a unicorn... Okay, rain. stop him. He's just reading his Play. notes. <laughs> Play. I didn't hear you say Persian once, Harrow. I am so disappointed. <laughs> Please continue, Voxhut. It has a Mancala-style mechanic where you pick up a group of tokens from one of the squares and drop them one at a time on orthogonally adjacent squares. It's okay. <laughs> um, but it's uh, pretty easy to explain the mechanics of it, but there's a whole deep strategy available to it because which square you land on with which colour meeple influences on what power you can use and then there's a whole different set of powers that you uh, sorry different options that you have for that power um crystal what do you think of the mechanics i really like it feels like there's kind of three larger elements that all entangle each other to make it a really deep and meaningful game so that every time you make a choice it's meaningful whether that be it's advancing your ability to do something, it's gaining you more points, and of course, points are coins. Uh, so your currency in the game ties to your victory points. I'm not sure where I was going with the rest of that. Well, I mean, it's definitely relevant. You also have a first turn um, auction mechanic. And you bid your coins, which are points, to see whether you want to go first. So if you can see an amazing move on the board that's worth, like, 50 points, you really want to bid high for that. But if you know that someone's outbid you on that, you might not want to bid high at all. So I think the maximum it goes up to is 18 coins to definitely guarantee that you're going first. Or you could bid all the way to nothing. So, yeah. It's very similar to uh, uh, Suburbia and... Castles of Mad King Ludwig in that sense. The whole sort of, I bid for the preference to, you know, take that tile first or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So the rules are fairly easy to pick up, um, but as I said, the strategy is pretty 
emergent. So every time someone makes a move, they move the meeples around the board, and which meeple is available on which square changes because of that. So, um, Blue Tongue, what has your experience with the mechanics been? Look, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that it's easy to explain. Um, and like we've already discussed, like there's there's many many options presented to people, and it looks like a complicated game. But um, I felt like uh, in 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 the playthroughs that I've actually experienced, um, the gins uh, at the side of the board didn't have a great influence on the actual game that we were playing at the time. Be it they came up in a bad order or there was other things that like we were trying to do at the time um so i yeah i i was sitting there thinking maybe it would be more fun to have a like a pre-arranged strategy using the gins so if you like drafted them and went okay i want to go for this sort of strategy which is you know going for collecting the elders first or something like that um as opposed to um just getting random ones, um, it might feel a little bit more satisfying in that sense. Oh, um, no, I think that's a, a terrible idea. <laughs> the game is, is sorry, not to be blunt, but um, the game is so... Uh, I guess building a strategy isn't something I don't feel you could really do with this game. You've got to be really agile. And if you find a gin that you think can work... Great. The gins aren't going to make or break your game. I find the gins can make the swing just a little bit greater, especially if someone gets something that's really valuable early, That, like, uh, for example, the one that uh, every time the assassin action is taken, you get coins. Like, if that's gained early on, that can ensure that person takes a very early lead. Yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the game, that might be an extra... 10 points but with games that end on like um, 100 and something points that's you know 10% advantage that's great but it's not you know game breakingly big mm. I don't think any of the gins are going to completely um, make you an unstoppable behemoth of meepling I think I think what I'm going for with this whole drafting the gins idea is the whole I want a bit more direction in, in my gameplay I want to feel like this is what I need to do. So it's the kind of thing that you get in, say, um, a Scythe, where I've gotten this race and this build, I'm this is the rough direction I need to go in. Does that make yeah, sense? Okay. Yeah, um, well, whereas Scythe sort of locks you into a strategy or at least makes other strategies completely untenable, hmm. Five Tribes is very, very open. Yeah, I think there are a lot of options and there's not a lot of direction mm. as far as just looking at the board and seeing how many points you can reasonably squeeze out of the board. What about you, Harrow? What did you th think about the actual gameplay? So I just want to build on what you said about gins maybe giving you an edge. So would, if you were to play this, would you just like to buy one or two gins right off the bat and treat it as a racial and just go from there? So I've tried that, and I seem to, and I, I didn't win, I didn't lose, I just sort of got mid road when I've done that. Mm. Yeah, like that. I think that's what I want to do, but I, yeah, you, you, you're often left feeling, uh, what's the word? 
or, or often like curtailed kind of thing. You've got you've got that plan, you've got that move planned out, and then something else will happen to the board in the meantime. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And that, I think what you're saying also goes to one of my mechanic good points is. This game is similar to Splendor, in my opinion, where the playstyle is going to alternate between two and four players. A two-player game, the board doesn't change that much. You can have, you can plan ahead, and odds are your move will still be valid, or any change won't be drastically different that you have to adapt in a two-player game, as opposed to four-player, where everything changes so quickly and yeah, there's really no point in strategizing till it's your turn, and then it's, you know, you're the guy everyone's waiting for. Mm. Um, so, yes, I've only ever played this in three to four, but I would like to maybe just do a two-player with this and see if I would do better with my, you know, strategic thinking. I'm, I like planning my moves well in advance. Yeah, I think for this sort of game where... A person who goes right in front of you can completely mess up any strategy you've got, and you've got to basically go, oh, okay, well, it's my turn, and then completely rethink my turn. Great. <laughs> Everybody wait for me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which kind of leads into our very next point of uh, there's massive potential in this game for AP. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Crystal, do you want to tell us about that? Oh, <laughs> uh, look, the, I, I've only played this game a couple of times, and I think the first time I played it, we had we played with one guy who was who really liked to analyse every single option on the board, and because he can't analyse prior to his turn taking place, it takes a much longer time for him to have his turn, which can be frustrating for the other players. Was that Jeremy? Uh, I don't know who Jeremy is, so I'm going to go with no. Okay, would have been that. Okay, anyway, I remember playing this with a fellow at um, the Winona Board Games Group, and man, oh, he he mapped out every available option to him, trying to figure out which one was best. Yeah. First turn, there are about ten thousand potential moves. Uh, that bumps up to about fifteen thousand for the person who goes second. And about thirty thousand for the person who goes third. So there's a lot of choices. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's literally billions of potential game states on the beginning of you know the, the fourth player's turn. So yeah, you you can't math out every possible option because it's not going to work. Mm. <laughs> you don't yeah. have that much time. Especially if you want to get this done in less than two hours. Yeah. like oh, 20,000 years. I, I feel like that's almost one of the biggest flaws in this game, is the whole, like, the vast majority of players want to think about their move. They want to make a strategic move when it's their turn, but they can't pre-plan that move like you can for, say, um, uh, broom service. But... Yeah, and things will change drastically between when you start planning and when it actually comes around to you. So it's just, yeah, really, really annoying from from the player's perspective. It's annoying for you. <laughs> um, I, don't, I, I disagree with your basic 
uh, premise that the vast majority of players want to sit there and find the mathematically best option and then execute that. Completely disagree. Myself, um, Mrs. Boxite, for instance, several other players I know like to play more instinctively and exercise recognizing the patterns on the board and picking up on those and going which with which one they feel instinctively is more powerful. Yeah. yeah. So, like, playing with people um, that I know who just can outmaths me because they're just... They've played so many board games, they've played this particular game so many times, and they will always outmaths me. I know people who will just every single time beat me at games like Power Grid, for instance. But having this game, which is a lot more instinctive, I can beat those people and have a good time as well. So, yeah, I think this is not aimed at you. I don't think it's necessarily a flaw in this game. Okay. What about you, Harry? What are your thoughts? Um, to argue to uh, Blue Tongue's point, for me personally with this game, I think I can win or I can have fun, but probably not both. I can not not in like the first round when there's just too many options, and yeah, you'll you'll I'll just go for the pretty pattern or go for the gin. I think is going to help me the most later on, but. When it starts clearing up and it's the number of options is getting to manageable levels, yeah, I can spend a large amount of time calculating, or I can just go, oh, look at that pattern I just found there at the, I just found instantly, oh, I'm going to look at all the things I did in that one move, aren't I clever, and I'm going to have more fun taking the dumber, well, spent, not dumber, but by using less brain power, I'm going to have more fun in this game. Make sense? Yeah, I think that's a uh, lesson for life. Thank you. Thank you very much. But yes, I think another something, because the board is always changing, though, I'm always very reluctant to go near the squares with uh, palm trees and palaces because I'm like, I don't want to put more points on the board. Odds are it won't be me that cashes in. So there are whole swathes of the board I just won't touch out of fear because the game is changing so much. I think there's like a lot of almost feel bad in this game when you, you either make a move and then go, yeah, okay, I thought that was good, and then the next person goes, oh wow, I did, <laughs> thanks for that, and then just proceeds to you know <laughs> pull like thirty points ahead of everyone else, or nice there, buddy, yeah, yeah, exactly, or um, you'll 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 make a move and then then the person going after you like you will do a move that's completely unrelated. So that was a valuable, valid move for you as well. And you're like, oh, that was significantly better than that crap move that I made. Awesome. <laughs> what do you guys think about the components and the theme? So I really love the art on this game. Um, as in the box art looks awesome. And I feel like the strong colours and that sort of artistic side of it looks really good. Um, but just... Coloured meeples? Uh, I I don't know. Like it doesn't really feel like a really strong, awesome theme for me. Or just it feels very sameish, and it doesn't really make me want to come back and do it again. What about you, Boxite? How do you feel about it? Look, um, I love that the the gins have the little card, and every single one of them has a different good picture. So. 
I mean, there's something like 30 gins in the box or 15 or so. Um, that's money that they put into that. That's like they've spent money on an artist to make 15 little pictures for it. And, you know, the symbols are pretty straightforward and easy to see, like, what's going on on the board once you, you know, get over the initial shock of, oh, my God, what's on the board. But, um, yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Okay. What about you, Harry? Um, yes, when it's all set up, it looks like a rainbow vomited on a parchment painting. All those colours, all those symbols, it's pretty... It can. It put me off the first time, but once you get into it and play the game, you appreciate how elegant its design is. It is, yeah, definitely so, because, like, ultimately, you can explain the game with the sentence of pick up a pile of meeples, move them to another point and along the way, and then score points based on where you finish. That's kind of what it boils down to, yes? I think there's a little more interaction with the gins and the other resources, but yeah. Yeah. Like, there's the whole turn order thing, and then there's the gins, and then you've got, like, extra currency and stuff like that. But that that's kind of what the game boils down to and every single turn you will make will be loosely based along those lines so you know being able to look at a game and like elegantly sort of create a game with just the idea of okay pick up that pile and move it um i think is yeah it's quite clever game design i can appreciate that cool uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the if you like this segment uh look it's a fun game, happy to play it with friends, but it's not something I'd buy or suggest we play. There are a lot more games I enjoy more. What about you, Crystal? I'd like to play it. Like, I've only played this a couple of times, um, and I'd quite like to play it again. I think it's one that my part, like that style of game with the Mancala mechanic, I think is the style of game that my partner and I both like and uh get value from because our choices are meaningful and I don't think either of us suffer too much from AP that it's going to, you know, annoy each other that much that we're never going to want to play it again. Mm. So I'd, I think I'd like to pick up a copy of this, but um, I think largely my board gaming now happens between me and my partner, so rather than in big groups of four. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, I think it's an excellent game. I love it. Um, and would happily play it pretty much any time. And as far as games go that use this mechanic, I think it's a lot better than, say, other games we're about to mention. Um, <laughs> like, I I would play this a hundred times over the one that Harrow will say. Um, uh, because I don't like sitting there going, okay, so that move is worth 18, and this one's worth... 19 and this one's worth 19 as well okay I can do that and I can get 18 out of this one that that sort of thing shits me so much but you don't play that game you, you don't play five tribes like that until maybe the last two turns mm. most of the game you're just looking and looking for um, opportunities and that is something I really enjoy and it's something my partner really enjoys as well and if you're someone that doesn't suffer from AP uh, you know, people that aren't Bluton. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, you can really get a lot out of it. Hey, hey, I'm just calling it like it is, man. You are top five people that I know that suffer from AP. You're top two. The other oh. one is Bluton. 
So. <laughs> and the, yeah. the thing about the pattern recognition that you were mentioning is it's really rewarding to have been like watching other players take their turns and kind of go, and then on your turn just go, oh my god, I didn't see that before. Bang, bang, yes, that was the best move. Yeah. And you can go, okay, if I move this meeple to that place and use that, I can get that ability that does that and then does that. So there's lots of cascading effects out of that, and that can be really enjoyable. Yeah. And especially if you're like, oh, nobody else saw this awesome thing I can now do. Suck it, guys. Mm. Yeah. So um, what sort of games might you like that are similar to this game? I was going to say Istanbul. That's why I was a bit bit weirded out by your criticism of Istanbul, because you win by getting gems, not by points. Anyway, but yes. Um, yeah, if you like... Are, five, are the gems five, essentially points? Uh, yes, but they're the main source of point. They're not, there's nothing comparable to them. So your your objective is the gems, not... I can get a gem, or I could do this. You want it, you're going to think, no, I need gem. How do I get there? This other move is going to allow me to get a gem next move. I don't know. But yes, if you like Five Tribes, please give Istanbul a go. My recommendation, I guess, that's similar, that's in my collection, is Planes. And I think this probably hits, uh, Blue Tongue, your point to having a direction and having the game guide you down a certain path. Planes with its mechanic is still the Mancala idea, but uh, you're getting points by completing goals. So the, the game gives you cards in which to go, okay, I need to get three passengers to Terminal 2, or I need to make sure one of my passengers and one of an opponent's passengers go visit the gift shop this turn. Cool. But yeah, that definitely sounds interesting. Yeah, definitely not as pretty as Five Tribes. Um, <laughs> but guides you much much more hand-holdingly. Mm. While Harrow might not think Five Tribes is pretty, that's mainly because he hates rainbows and unicorns. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... We won't talk about Mysterium as well. <laughs> we should definitely cover that next week. <laughs> oh, I've got some rant planned. Challenge accepted. You won't like where this goes. <laughs> We'll need to we'll need to fight together before we do that though again, Harrow. Kiss the darkest, hairiest part <laughs> of my heart. <laughs> uh. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed yourselves as much as we have. You can catch us on Twitter at WellPlayedAU. You can send us questions, comments, or abuse at WellPlayedAU at gmail.com. And if you like us, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, a like on YouTube, a subscribe on your butt, or whatever on your face. If you enjoy the music for the podcast, check out Cloud Control. Thank you very much for letting us use your music. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye.